This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. And we're coming to you as we go into the weekend. Uh, the weekend where Brentford are going up north, they're going to play Leeds United, the champions of Europe. And we look forward to that, as we always do when Brentford plays Leeds United. But I'm sitting here in the virtual joint. It's actually uh, it's actually a bit sunny outside now. It was a bit nippy the last few days. It's been nipped between the bud, as they say. But like I said, the sun's going to come out and hopefully it'll be bright and sunny all weekend as loads of Bees fans make their way up north to Leeds United. And I'm Billy Grant, like I said to you, I'm sitting here in the virtual joint with my buddy Laney. How are you? I'm good, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm feeling the cold, I have to admit. Um, but as you say, the sun's come out for the weekend. Um, and yeah, I'll back up to Ellen Road, where it's a familiar hunting ground for us. We've had mixed fortunes over there um, over the years. Um, they're always like incredible contests um they're always like really keenly full and there's always contentious talking points and i don't expect this weekend to be any different if i'm honest mate uh, i mean and talk about contentious talking points obviously the big there's one contentious talking point last season is was when sergi canos and we talked about that last week when he scored a goal against leeds and then he ran over to their fans and uh he got all sorts of things flung at him but uh it doesn't look like he's going to be doing that this weekend doesn't it laney we talked about that a little bit last week but there's been a little bit more sort of not say clarification but there's a bit of an advanced um say information on that as well isn't there yeah, well, we, we we talked at length, didn't we, about Sergi Canos? Um, you know, it, it emerged that Brentford were going to be um, interested in in accepting offers, or you know, at least discussing offers for Sergi this transfer window. Um, and we talked, you know, if it if it if it is if this is the end of the road for Sergi's you know adventures at Brentford for the moment, then um, you know we, we kind of marked it because you know things happen in uh, very quickly in the transfer window. It looks like um, Valencia have come in with. Um, a, a, it's, it's difficult to know how how much kind of like uh, accuracy there is in the figures, but is a in some of the websites they're talking about two and a half million pounds um, uh, bid to take into to Valencia. I think Valencia's Sergi's boyhood club, and I imagine he would want to go there if if he does want to go anywhere at all. Um, and you know there was a, a tweet, whether it was Sergi put the tweet out or Sergi's press people put a tweet out. Talking about the Leeds game last last year, as you just mentioned, saying that that was his favourite game of the campaign, um, what, the only game that he was played in his in his in his preferred position or his best position, which you know a lot of people out, have, out of out of thirty one games out of thirty one out, yeah. out of thirty one games, yeah, he only played, he was only played once in his in his favourite position, which you know it's been taken several ways by by the you know the Twitter sphere. Um, some people have kind of you know, kind of pointed out that you know um, he, he'll he'll play where he's told to. That's 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 what we do at Brentford. Um, you know, um, we have got a, a lot of other you know um, exciting players that play on that on that right wing or on that left wing. You know, and uh, the 
you know the uh, Ivan Tony and Bumo partnership is is what helped us survive last year. Um, the, their potency together, the partnership is is was just critical. You know, we 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 don't disrupt that because of another player wanting to play there rather than playing at right back. Um, you just fit in. So I mean, you know, sometimes you you read too much into these things, but you know, I, I, there was almost there was all there it, there was a thinly veiled dig there that he was being played out of position. Um, and he did. He talked about that a little bit in the interview that I did for him for the Brentford Revolution book. And he he was saying that. Um, but he flipped it at the end of that. I'll put the clip out. Um, and he, he basically said, you know, he's a fighter, and he'll wherever Brentford um, ask him to play, he'll he'll, he'll fight there. Um, this this looks a little bit more kind of pointed. At, you know, he, he wasn't being used properly, but. You know, um, we'll, we'll we'll gloss over that because you know Sergi does need to be remembered. You know, at the, at the risk of repeating what we what we said last week, Sergi Sergi's legacy at Brentford is 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 colossal. You know, he he has been part of that journey and he's been central to us getting better and better and us becoming a Premiership club on merit um, rather than just a wannabe uh, club that are just talking a good game. You know, we we are we. We have we we prove that we're in the right right league, and the players that are there are gracing this level. So um, yeah, I think if Sergi is to go, then I, I think you know all the efforts need to be made to make it just as less salty as possible. You know, thing things no no one's there forever. No no Brentford player is going to be there in ten years' time. We have we have to do what we have to do to survive, and if that if that means ruffling a few feathers or putting a couple of players' noses out of joint slightly because they're playing not where they want, but where where Thomas Frank tells them, so be it, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think I think this needs to be managed a little bit more carefully, um, you know, because we don't, we don't want to end on a sour note, do we, Bill? No, absolutely not. So, uh, hopefully, we will move on for that. And, uh, listen, we're not going to talk much more about that because, obviously, everything is up in the air. You never know. Sergi may be still with us, you know, yeah. on the on the 1st of February. And then we just we just move on, don't we? So, as it, as it goes. So, we'll come back to that when there is something else to talk about. Uh, but talk about France transfers. Um, obviously, we've got Shard as well, who is uh, the, the bees. And he, he, like I said to you, he, um, he made a little, uh, you know, little appearance last weekend, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But uh, that's the players that have come into Brentford. Uh, there seems to be more talk about players going out from Brentford at the moment and also some of our players kind of rejigging their loans. The biggest chat is about David Raya at the moment now. Now, the David Raya situation is something which we've kind of tried to kind of like, you know, put our heads down on. I mean, we know that um, oh, I think Arsenal came in with a bid for him for, for £10 million pounds, um, was it last couple of summers ago? Yeah, which it was we, a couple we, of summers ago. Yeah, yeah which which we, when, we, when we came up. That's right, which we thought was quite um, hilarious. Um, especially all my Arsenal friends were just saying, oh, yeah, we've just bid 10 million for your goalkeeper. So, yeah, see you later. They just presumed we were going to sell and we didn't. And they were a little bit like peeve. Like, why didn't you sell to us? I'm like, well, because it was 10 million pounds. So anyway, it's now come back on itself. I mean, obviously, there's a couple of situations that's happened. David Raya uh, doesn't look like at the moment, and I'll say at the moment, um, renewing his contract. That could always change at any stage. You know, if they offered him like, you know, a million pound a week, of course he'd renew his contract. Um, but, you know, that also isn't going to happen. So there's still work to go, I think, from Brentford's end to try and get him to be happy with the situation. But at the same time, we've got lots of clubs who are sniffing around saying, hmm, we quite fancy that David Raya chap. Uh, so there's a little bit of nervousness going around with our crew for a start to thinking, is he going to be gone by the end of this window? And then obviously the next question is, is, is he going to be gone by the end of summer? Um, we had the Strachosa scenario where he was moaning that he wasn't in the side, which we thought was quite bizarre, seeing as that you knew that David Ray was ahead of him and David Ray was going, going anywhere. But the fact is, David Ray, the club obviously thought at some stage, if you got a bid coming in two years ago, when we just got the championship and he gets better, his value is going to go up and somebody's going to come in for him. So they're sort of prepping. So that, that's the Stracosa scenario. I don't know. It's a bit of a weird one. But for me, I'm thinking, um, right, we're not quite ready to sell Raya now because we haven't got a ready-made replacement. But what are your thoughts on this? I agree. We, have, we haven't got a ready-made replacement, but we have to get money for, for Raya. If, if, he's, if he's not going to sign a new contract, which there's the chance... 
you know, the, as we know, you know, this, this bargaining positions and he's in a strong one at the moment. You know, we, we, we need him. Uh, he's perfect for Brentford. Uh, and it would be foolish for us to just, just get, let, let him go uh, for, for 20 million uh, and, and, and just hope for the best, you know, for us to find, uh, a, a, a mirror carbon copy of, of David Raya is is next near impossible. Um, we have got you know quality backups, Stracosa um, and Cox. They both they both featured in the um, Brentford uh, friendly with Lake Orient during the week, which Brentford won three one. I think Charlotte scored a couple, um, and you know there was there was good comebacks there for for. Um, Good and Zanka and Hickey and Baptiste and Damsgar got more minutes and Canos featured in that. Uh, I, I, it is a real. I mean, you, you you use the term. It's a weird one, and it is a weird one because I I'm not sure if I was a Premier League manager, I I'd buy David Raya unless we unless they play exactly the same way we do. I, I'm not sure I'd buy him for necessarily just his goalkeeping uh, prowess. I mean, clearly he's a he's a he's a great keeper. He's a great shot stopper, um, uh, and his reflexes are great. He's not tall, uh, and he 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 doesn't control his area brilliantly at times. But what he does do, he is you know he spots a pass and he can pass it. And the Brentford system. And whatever system we do play is geared around his distribution. Now, obviously, distribution is something that he can, you know, transfer to another team. But he's at his best. He, his skill set is suited to Brentford more, I think, than any other club in the Premier League, which is really where the sales pool is going to come from. I, I don't see him necessarily going abroad, not for the money that we'd have to, you know, that would tempt us to sell him. So I, 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 I'm not sure. I'm not sure. He's, well, he's not stupid. He's not stupid either, is he? He's an intelligent guy. I, unless he's just going to go for the money, which I, I think would be foolish at this stage because, you know, we're, we're not going anywhere fast. He's guaranteed a start. Uh, he's going to continue to be pushing for, you know, Spanish international caps. Uh, the future is bright for him. Um, so whether it happens this window, next window, or in two years' time, he's got a long career ahead of him. And, and I think he's better off staying at Brentford for a couple more years. Now, that's my, that's my personal view. I'm, you know, if someone dangled £150,000 a week under my nose, when I was when I was on you know fifty, I, I I'd be seriously tempted. But Brentford need to keep him, uh, and you know yes, they're, they're going to get a colossal windfall at some stage on him. So it may be worth paying him the money that it would would keep him here and sign a new contract. Whether that's like another two years, another three years, it doesn't mean um, he can't go anywhere. As part of the gentleman's agreement, I guess, is if someone massive comes in for him, you know, we, we don't stand in his way. But that's not what we do anyway. But we just need to protect our assets. And I, I think I think he's better off staying for the for the for the short term um, and then give Brentford the reassurance that we're not going to see an asset walk away for nothing. We, we can't afford to do that. That's for sure, though. Yeah. And I mean, he got <clears throat> offered a deal. In the summer, last summer, last summer, actually, we offered a deal, an extension on this contract, which actually expires uh, next summer, which is 2024. So he's basically got 18 months left on his contract. And normally what happens is that if he haven't sorted out a deal by next summer, um, Brentford normally think, hmm, actually, because, you know, unless it's a scenario where it's a player, maybe that's worth like a million or a million, a little bit, they could, you know, maybe afford to sort of kind of swallow that one. They they normally look to to offload, so it's a case that we've probably got about another three or four months to try and see if we could do a deal with David Ray. And if we can't, it looks like we will be offloading him definitely in the summer if we can't do a deal, which would be a which would be a you know it would be a, I say a tragedy because again you know he's just 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 started to play for Spain. He didn't play in the World Cup for them. Um, he did actually appear in the World Cup, but he was actually in their squad and he's over in Qatar um, with his feet up, just having, having a nice time. But um, you know, but um, yeah, it's 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 good. It's one of those ones where you know you could see how the squad is building. I suppose to a certain extent, um, it's interesting because, like I said, if anyone listens to the podcast, I I spoke to one of Brentford's old goalkeeping coaches as well, who's actually um, 
who are who, who plays for um well he coaches a charlotte uh, fc and like i said to you, you probably know i've watched quite a lot of mls and i was out in america last year and uh He's uh, he went from Brentford's goalkeeping coach to 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 Charlotte's goalkeeping coach Andy. His name really really nice bloke, and we were just chatting about you know the players and he, uh, he was actually Reyes goalkeeping coach out there, and he was saying how what an intelligent bloke he was, what what a nice bloke he was, and sort of maybe like the qualities that you need to to be a goalkeeper kind of full time, you know. So we've had sort of quite a lot of goalkeepers which we've seen they've come in and they look really good, and then all of a sudden we see that they don't quite get up to that next level. And, you know, he said it's probably it's down to kind of like, you know, um, you see goalkeepers kind of develop at a certain stage. And then some of them, it's almost like I don't say they lose it, but they don't quite have that 80 percent or 90 percent, which which clubs will feel that makes them will make them a next level goalkeeper decision making, you know, things on the ball, you know, you kind of almost like, you know, like sometimes you see a goalkeeper, they think, God, he's lost a bit of confidence there. He looked like really good, you know, a year or two ago, but all of a sudden something happens at some stage. And then it's almost like they sort of like regress slightly. And I think there's almost like a key stage in goalkeepers, which you have to get over to get to the next level. And maybe some of that comes from actually getting loads of game time. You know, and that's probably why we've seen keepers like Ellery Balkum, which we'll probably talk about a little bit going out and all these other players going out. And eventually they don't actually make it, they get signed off. But David Rayo is the one that actually kind of took us to that next level. And he also talked about the fact that we didn't have a, a good uh, uh, B goalkeeper, a B, you know, a, 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 a backup goalkeeper, which could have cost us last season. Because he said that nearly every, if you look at every team, every team in the Premier League has a decent backup keeper because you need a decent backup keeper. Because if you don't, if you ever get yourself in a pickle in the Premier League, you can get absolutely hammered by these players because there's some very good players inside. So I think the point I'm trying to say here is that I can't see Brentford letting Raya go unless we have something in the bag because it's actually it's too dangerous to do that. And we saw what happened last season when we had our um, um, uh, 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 our keeper who came in when Raya was injured and he wasn't up to par at all. And that cost us a lot of points. You know, it wasn't only him, but yeah, but he did cost us quite a lot of points last season. And I don't think we're going to get ourselves into a situation like that again. No, no, no. We, 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 you know, that's that's something we, we if we learn by our mistakes and we learn by um, our near misses. And you know, you, you're right. Fernandez wasn't wasn't the the backup. Um, and I personally think if the season had gone on with him in goal for uh, for you know a few more weeks, we, we could have we, you know it, it could have got really quite airy. So um, anyway, you know that that's by the by, Raya came back and you know he was he showed his class and you know we, we finished the season on a high um and, and and strongly so yeah i'll just go back to the point that you know he's so valuable to us that we have to work out a deal but that, that's both ways if he if he really is if he really isn't going to sign anything for us and he's going to let his contract run down we have to get rid of him soon um whether there's whether there's someone out there that wants to wants to buy him like a chelsea who doesn't really need him quite yet um and they can loan him back to us uh that would be a a master stroke that's that's a win-win situation um but you know i i, I you know we have to we have to trust the dear we have to <laughs> we have to trust phil um phil giles that is the director of football uh he's he, 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 he'll the, It'll be all over this. They they know they know how valuable he is to us, and you know I, I I don't doubt that every effort is being made to to get to a to conclusion that that that's, that's right for both parties. To be honest, yeah, and a couple of more transfers. Um, B's players, Mads Beck Sorensen has gone out on loan to Groningen as well, um, which is uh, probably not unusual at all. I mean, he was he was sent over to Nice, and he, he played absolutely zero minutes. Over at Nice, he came back in. Obviously, we have a look at players that come in for a couple of weeks, then we had to put him out again. Um, thoughts about that, Lady? Yeah, so Mads is at times last year he was excellent for us, and at times last season he was a bit shaky. He's still still a young uh, pro learning his trade, and you're, you're sorely exposed in the top flight. Um, the the fact that he got no minutes again, you know, playing for Nice kind of has helped him. Allows us to, to to you know to be in play for him, so that means he can go to another another club, I believe. So I just hope there's some sort of guarantee uh, in that deal that he he, he is going to play because there's just no point. There's no point in him being elsewhere 
if if he doesn't get any minutes nothing nothing's achieved you know it's all they're having a nice little tour around europe um and i mean you know, I, I think it's like I'm, I, I thoroughly enjoy it i'm sure if i was a pro um but he, he needs minutes that's that's the reason he's going out on loan um otherwise he might as well be in you know league one league two uh but that's that's obviously where we think he's he's you know he's pitched right you know he's in the elite divisions so um you know this obviously that that heaps pressure on him because you know if you're not performing then you're going to get dropped because every every everyone's wants to be surviving so um yeah i i, I just hope it's a success because it's you know the our, our the, the the players that we send out on loan it's a pretty mixed bag of success and failure isn't it you know not not, not all of them are getting the minutes we we would hope which is a bit frustrating Nah, exactly and um Talk about a few other players. Fosu, maybe, maybe sort of staying up at Rotherham. We think there might be that might scenario. He's up at Rotherham at the moment now, so he maybe stay up there as well on loan. And uh, an interesting one, Ellery Balkham. He's uh, he's been pulled from Crawley, which is a bit of a basket case of a club at the moment now. Um, they're one of these uh, clubs who have been bought by a crypto uh, company, and uh, the people that own it. I mean, I've been sort of following that from day one because I'm actually quite interested to see how these crypto characters are trying to get involved in football and asking the reasons why they're getting involved in football. And our mate Monty as well, who is uh, very much up in the crypto world. It's quite interesting talking to Monty because Monty's a B, but he's very, very, he's, he's like properly up there in the tech world and he's very well renowned. He's like a, a journalist and he, he's a consultant. So he kind of understands how that it works and it's still a little bit confusing it has to be said um he said it's a bit of a risk game you know some there's some winners and there's some losers and that's kind of what it is and because it's the tech world there are people that are just willing to sort of throw money into it and see how it works now that makes it quite difficult for football clubs because you want stability in football clubs and if you've got somebody coming in just going hey it's a bit of a laugh whoa this is really brilliant oh, i'll tell you what let's actually sign players off youtube and all this kind of stuff you know what i mean and just doing really mad things like you know which is, is listen it's all right being different but there's there's got to be some sort of stability and it's got to be a sort of strategy with that and it seems that crawley they're just all over the place you know what i'm saying and there's throwing money here and there and changing things up changing managers changing this that and the other and the fans are really quite nervous so i think um ellery balkan got pulled from Crawley, quite rightly, and we thought we got to give him another loan. So we've given another loan down to uh, Bristol Rovers, which is a good little loan. Except for Laney, there's some people that don't quite think so, do they? No, um, it wasn't. It wasn't like uh, oh yeah, I know it's only probably one person, but um, one of the, someone tweeted pretty much uh, straight away. It wasn't the welcome that he was hoping for. Something about um, don't rate black goalkeepers. So um, <laughs> so yeah. I, Quite, quite. For- what his colour of his skin to do with his goalkeeping ability? I'm, I'm not sure. But you're a, you're a black goalkeeper, so maybe you wanna, you wanna comment on that. Well, the thing about it is that you know, uh, I mean, it's, I've never, 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 never had that say to me before. But you know, maybe they're saying it's sort of kind of behind your back or anything like that. But it's, it is quite, it is quite a bizarre thing to say. Um, again, it just you wonder what's going through people's minds when they, when they come up with things <laughs> like that. Um, because it obviously goes to show you that their brains are obviously wired in a particular way. It's almost like when Ron Nodes was talking about sort of kind of how black people can't swim. I think it was. No, no black people can't play football because they don't like the cold. I think it was when Ian Wright used to play for them um, and Mark Bright used to play for them back in the day. And that was his phrase. He's like, going, no, no, they don't like it. I'm the cold, they can't play in the cold. And, you know, other people turn around and say, oh, black people can't swim because their bones are too heavy. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, you know, people talk about unconscious um, racism and unconscious bias and things like that. And they say, oh, no, it doesn't exist. But it obviously does because there are people that just kind of do think that way. And they obviously think there's, you know, people that think, actually, if he's black and he's in goal, he's obviously just not as good because, you know, what they can probably do, they can run fast and they can beat people up because that's what, you know, black people do, <laughs> you know, but they can't catch, you know. So, um, this to, to be yeah. fair to the Bristol Rovers fans, though, Bill, they, 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 they smacked him out of, uh, out of court, to be honest. So, uh, you know, it, it showed that, uh, you know, the majority of people don't think that way, but yeah, it's just oh. a, an odd reaction. 
it is an odd reaction. But then, you know, just coming back to it, and we've gone a little bit of a tangential. Again, sometimes you notice when they come to games, the Bournemouth game was pretty average. So I think we're spending more time not talking about the Bournemouth game than we should do. Um, there was a reaction down at Crawley. We're talking about Crawley, where their old manager, Yems, who got sacked for uh, making uh, apparently a load of racist comments when he was managing his team. Um, and uh, so he got sacked and it went to an FA tribunal and the independent tribunal um, turned around and said, actually, we don't think it was conscious racism or even unconscious. Was it? They say it was, they didn't think it was conscious or didn't think it was unconscious. Right? I can't remember what it was, but it was it was something really ridiculous, though, wasn't it? Um, for, for the for the for Yems, and he'd gone around saying things to players like, you know, you, you know your your mates go around blowing up people to like his his you know his Asian players and you know calling one one of his players a curry muncher and things like that. And I know some people are there saying, oh, it's a bit of a laugh and it's a bit of banter, but it's kind of like, come on. He's like he's meant to be a manager and he's like looking after people who are sort of kind of, you know, 15, 16, 18, 20, who are meant to be looking up to him. You can't be coming up with stuff like that. But um, yeah, there's a whole load of comments. You've got to, you've got to read it up. It makes online. you wonder how he how he progressed in the game because you don't you don't start, you know, all of a sudden start saying stuff like that. You, you know, you, 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 it's something, something presumably he's, he's always said. And you get, you know, surely you get a reputation when Crawley is not his first first job in the game. So there must have been, you know, you, you get a, you get people just talk about it. Oh, you want to be careful about him. He says this kind of stuff. You, I, I don't know. It's just, it's really odd that it emerged, you know, at this stage in the pro game. It's something he he, he must always have been saying. So, um, you know, better, better out the better out the game. That's for sure. He's he's been he's been banned, isn't he, for eighteen months or, or, yeah. or longer. But again, just quickly, and we're going to move on to the game in a minute, but it's, it's one of those things, again, football is one of those sports where, you know, things, there's a status quo, it's just kind of, it is what it is, you know. Even on the terraces, it's kind of like things are said and things are done and it's just kind of just like, you kind of sort of put your head in the sand a little bit. Even if you don't necessarily agree with it, you kind of don't say anything or don't do anything about it. And football's always kind of been like that. And it's, you can see what it's been like, you know, the fact that, you know, Ron Atkinson, who would boast about, you know, having, you know, uh, more black players as a manager than anybody else would do, but then still would come out and say the, the N-word, that lazy N-word, right, on TV, right? It, it's kind of like, well, I'm not being funny, mate, but if you really did think that, you would you would not even in, the, in, in your mind come out with something like that. But again, for him, he's thinking, I didn't do anything wrong. It's just like this Yems character as well. He's sitting down there going, just because the tribunal have said this, I haven't done anything wrong. I've been right all the time. So in their heads... They actually think that this is right and this is the right thing to do because this is how football has always been. And that's why it's quite hard to change things within the game because when you've got people like that doing things like this and then you get a tribunal making decisions like that. I mean, I've actually been in an FA tribunal, so I know what it's like. And it's a proper process, but it's properly old school as well. You know, you sit in this meeting for three hours and they go through all sorts of nonsense. And then you think, how do, I, how do they come up with this decision? And you've got these kind of sort of kind of quite old sort of kind of doddery sort of men sort of going, oh, yeah. And, and some of them haven't read the material that they should have read. And then they're coming up, some, then they're asking you questions of stuff that you've actually sent in in your evidence that they should have read and they don't kind of really know the background and it's probably not very diverse, you know, the, the, the set of people that are in the room that are making the decisions. So I can, I can imagine why they came up with that um, decision, to be quite honest with you. And uh, it just goes to show you that things have still got a long way to go in football for things to be right. Because if the authorities ain't got it right, mate, you know, how could you expect you know, things to get better? But listen, I'm, you know, I don't know if you've got anything else to say on that, Laney, or... No, no, well, he's, he's, no one's going to touch him with a barge pole now. So, you know, he's, he's out of the game for good, I would have thought. So, yeah, good, good riddance. Good riddance, Mr. Yems. Anyway, Saturday, we went to the Muff. We went to Bournemouth, or we didn't no, get we didn't. to Bournemouth. Bournemouth <laughs> came to us, actually. And uh, they, they came down to New Griffin Park. And uh, we needed to get three points just to get our record, a super post-World Cup record, keep it intact. And we won 2-0. And it was a fairly convincing, fairly simple, fairly easy, fairly bog standard victory. We're going to go away, I'll get a little drink, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the muff. So Bournemouth came to New Griffin Park and uh, horrible day. It was a horrible day, you know, weather-wise. Oh, it's been horrible all week and it's just finished off and horrible and wet and nasty and ugh, yuck and a bit cold and stuff. But Brentford didn't bother them. They just did what they had to do went out there, got themselves the two goals, 
and three points in the bag and they thought let's move on and they moved on and uh it was a it was a good victory it was a bog standard victory and uh to be quite honest you weren't expecting anything else were you lady no I, the beside poll before the game there was like 83 percent of people were uh, predicted a win which normally means we're going to lose but uh, the players weren't in the mood for, for any kind of banana skins at all on Saturday. You know, we were we were faced with the news that Rico was out um, with an injury. Um, hopefully he'll be back for, for uh, the trip to Leeds. So that kind of meant we had to, had to shuffle the pack and you knelt filled in at left back. Um, uh, Tony was back, which was, was was great. That was the boost. I mean, that was like the yin and yang I spoke about on the on the post match podcast was the fact that you know we 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 had one one talisman coming back into the team, Ivan, and then someone else we rely on really heavily that was that was missing, uh, and we, we we coped pretty well. I mean, it, it took it took a while for for us to kind of get used to the change of shape, but um, to you know, yeah, Bournemouth had had a few threats. Um, Raya had to make a couple of saves, but to be honest, you know, with the ebb and flow of, of premiership games with the quality that's involved in every team, I, at no stage really did I did I think that um, we were kind of under any kind of um, jeopardy of losing the game. And the first goal was always going to be critical. Um, if they'd scored it, I'm sure they would have shut up shop and they would have kind of defended for their lives. Uh, the fact that it came our way, um, it was a slightly contentious penalty. I don't, th- I, I think it was a penalty all day long. Yeah, there was a there was a bit of like linking of arms as they went into the area, but Tony was dragged down to the floor. Um, penalty was the right decision. It all, they're all varred anyway, you know. So, you know, the, the you know the manager after was you know whinging. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, a manager's never going to be delighted to concede a penalty, and if if he if he if he thinks they got it wrong, then he's entitled to his opinion. But especially fact... especially when that manager is under pressure, yes, uh, as their manager is very much under pressure to be quite honest with you. And if you've seen the Bournemouth fans, they're not happy with him at all. They were happy with him when he got the job, uh, but a caretaker manager. But they don't think he's taken the next level. So if the, the Bournemouth fans are on his case, and they're on Bournemouth's case at the moment now, and a lot of them think that uh, it's looking quite perilous. He's looking more than perilous, yeah. Uh, they they look a, a relegated team. Um, you know, we we've seen teams last season that were pretty toothless up front. You know, it, yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna leak goals, that's that's all well and good. If you're scoring goals at the other end, picking up points and picking up wins, they they had a little bit of a you know purple patch for a few weeks when you know that got him the job really. Um, but they're 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 sneaking, you know, they're slipping back down to, you know, um, they. I think they will go down. I think 100% they'll go down, and it's you know it's a shame, but uh, it's 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 they've they've got new owners and they think there's money. They might end up being one of those clubs that yo-yos backwards and forwards for a bit. So, um, but yeah, going back to Saturday, Brentford really just had to do what they had to do, and they did it really well i don't think there was many more goals there um i think North- and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable Look, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. God had a, had a shot, which um, he, he looked frustrated with, you know, not to do better with. Uh, Matt Jensen, who has signed a con- new contract of 2026, I think, this week as well, which is a good good bit of news. 
Um, he, he he finished his goal brilliantly, um, picked out by um, Josh De Silva, who probably had his best game for some time. Uh, and um, yeah, he picked him out. Brilliant ball from the left-hand side. Um, and then Matty Jensen was unmarked in the middle. One touch, curled it into the top corner. So yeah, it was it was good to see that free from desire, that bouncing around for two home games on the trot. Now it's 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 something I'm I'm not going to get tired of. Although Fulham seem to be trying to copy us, um, but you know sometimes um, you know that 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 is like flat. You know the best, the best yeah, flattery is you know, the best form of, uh, of yeah. Work. Yeah, whatever, thanks. whatever the expression, <laughs> whatever the expression is that neither of us can think of. Yeah, um, yeah. Everyone's going, oh, who's this, this? Yes, yes. You're right. It's that's the expression we can't think of. Yeah. But yeah, um, it's 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 uh, it's something that uh, it finishes the the, the the match off superbly. Everyone walks out of that place buzzing, and uh, even if it's a jammy one 0 win, uh, it, it 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 feels the same as some of the best. So uh, yeah, um, but we've had a long, long unbeaten run now and uh you know that, that will come to an end that's the, i'm not going to get used to it every week but um uh, hopefully hopefully it's not this weekend that's right unbeaten in the league since october actually which is uh which is quite impressive actually i mean we won't mention to people that there's a world cup in between that because that's not really the point is it but yeah unbeaten still but we did have man city in that period as well so you know and uh, and and tottenham so you know that is actually a fairly impressive run and we're going to go into that run, obviously playing Leeds United on Saturday, fingers Sunday, fingers crossed that goes all right. And then after that, we've gone into February because we've got no game next weekend. We've actually got a rest weekend next weekend. So I know a few people are probably using that opportunity to Well, go it's the FA Cup, isn't it? We it's, uh, we're, not, we're, not in it. we're not in it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a rest weekend for yeah. us, like I'm saying. So, uh, yeah, which is all good. But anyway, listen, going back to the Muff game, we're going to go back to the game on Saturday to listen to what the fans had to say in the stadium after the muff. Brentford played well all round the pitch. Great, uh, not a normal starting lineup, but I thought everyone played well. Everyone adapted their positions. Josh De Silva definitely had his best game back, I thought. As, as far as I can remember, uh, Raya made one save in the second half. And it was, a, it was a good save. It was a good shot on target from them. But other than that, we totally dominated the possession. Where we were on the pitch was, was really good. The substitutions that we made, when Roslev came on, he was great. Little cameos at the end from Zanka, brilliant. KLP did what he had to do, chase things down. Damsgaard really played well when he came on. He didn't have to do a lot, but what he did, he, he did very well. So the standard three points, come on your beast. I've seen much better performances from us. However, we played well in the first half, played well enough in the second half. I thought De Silva played particularly well today. I thought Tony was great. I thought Yano was great out of position at left back, but I didn't really see him put a foot wrong. I thought we played excellently and ultimately got three points. That's all that matters, isn't it? We're a really good team, though. we're solid. That's, that's a big three point. That's the sort of game we never used to win. You know, you won a couple of big games, you lose. We're not slipping back, we're just moving forward. I, I, I thought it was a perfect, you know, I, I don't think it was a game to be like against Liverpool and stuff. We played against Bournemouth, we did what we needed to do to beat Bournemouth. I think they got it absolutely right, tactics. I think it's, it's, it's just so we could easily have just like dipped away because it wasn't a big team or a big name and stuff. Um, with no disrespect to Bournemouth at all. But they, they weren't very good, to be fair. I'll give them that disrespect, but they weren't very good. But a flat back four to start with, which is fine. Uh, I mean, they, they play with their front two, so that kind of makes sense. Uh, I thought they tried, they came to frustrate us, uh, which they did for a bit. They uh, they came to time waste, which they did for a minute, two and a half. And uh, you know, we, just, uh, we were just more professional than them. They tried to drag us down to their level, but we were just too good. There were some nice performances on the pitch. Again, another good game from uh, Josh De Silva, which is always good to see. But overall, we were better than them, and it showed in the end. This club's got a very, very good future, and it's, a, it's beautiful to watch it at the moment. Anyway, about to go and bounce around. Professional performance, had a potential to be a bit of a banana skin, uh, but very professional, very, you know, a good, good, solid three points, and that's all you can ask for, you know. Bournemouth weren't great. Um, they kind of handed us to on the plate a little bit. But, yeah, no, good performance and, you know, good 
good good depth of squad, I think. You know, there's a lot of players there that maybe weren't aren't kind of straight on the team sheet, but they put a, a, a good performance in. And yeah, you know, Josh De Silva, I think, had a really good game. Second goal, you know, he set up basically. Um, so yeah, really good, solid performance. I, I thought we 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 were, we were the better team um, to give uh, Bournemouth their dues. I thought they were actually pretty good in the first half. Their press worked well, but I thought we were disruptive. This was, a, I think you mentioned earlier, this was a different Brentford formation and tactics. And we didn't do our usual free-flowing uh, football, but we stopped, we contained Bournemouth, uh, we disrupted their play, and we did have we did have opportunities to attack, and we took those. I'm, I'm an optimi optimist by, by nature, but having followed Brentford for three decades, I sort of learned to be a realist rather than an optimist. So what is our potential? I mean, we, we punch way above our resources. We way, punch way above our weight. Um, how far can we go? Well, I was singing, we're going on a European tour. And Pun said earlier, you know, we go to Shaka or whatever. I'm thinking Napoli. But there you go, fans, after the game, after the muff game. And, uh, you know, fairly bog-standard. They did the business. Everyone's pretty happy. You've got to be happy with that, you know. Premier League, top 10 still. You're allowed to say top eight because it's sort of cheating a little bit, isn't it? Because surely it's like top 10, top six, top four. Can you say top eight? Yeah. Top, top nine? Can you say top nine, top seven? Brentford you know? say so you will say what we want. Okay, we'll say what we want. All right, okay. We'll go, we'll go top eight then, you know. We go, yeah, we're doing all right. We're, we're, we're still above Chelsea as well, aren't we? Because Chelsea, yes. yeah, yeah, we're still above Chelsea. You know, still chasing our tails in Fulham, but we thought we'd leave it to the match in uh, early March to try and settle that gap. Uh, he says, <laughs> he, no pressure. You know what I'm saying? Just, just go back to that game, actually. So, uh, let's, let's, what was going on in that game? Um, Brentford, we were effective at creating goal-scoring opportunities from the flanks, and also we were strong at finishing. But we, we we created quite a lot of errors. It has to be said. We played the ball wide. We had a lot of possession in the muff half. We liked long shots. We attacked down the left hand side, and we favoured crossing the ball. Whereas the muff, they stole the ball a lot from us, and they also created opportunities from long shot situations. But they were, as we said, poor at finishing, and they favoured long shots uh the top performers in that game according to who scored was matthias jensen 7.9 he was top of the top of the pile he was and then josh silver then even pinnock then ivan tony then vitale yanelt so all the top five rated players according to who scored were bees and that's probably no surprise if you actually watch the game itself um tell you something though i tell you who was watching the game as well was jb JB always comes up with a few different facts and funks, and he's got some post-muff facts and funk. Are you ready for this? I told you it was coming. Who? JB. And he's ready to stock it to you one time. Uh, get it. Hello, Jonathan Birchall here again. A Brentford 2-0 win at the GTEC and an Ivan Tony penalty. It was a fairly textbook Saturday. 2-0 is already our new home's most frequent league scoreline, equal with Dil nil. Incidentally, 2-0 at Griffin Park was the fourth most common scoreline. 1-1 was the most likely result. We all know about Ivan Tony having scored more penalties than anyone else in Brentford's history. He's only been here for two and a half seasons and now has scored 18 successful league penalties. That's 10% of all the league penalties we've scored in the last 50 years. As we get used to pronouncing the name of our new number 9, we've had 9 previous Kevins. O'Connor, Dearden and Godfrey are well remembered. Less so Austin, Rapley, Dennis, Watson, Harding and Harris. But back in 1949, we had Dr Kevin O'Flanahan on our books. Not as our physio or club doctor, but as a winger who appeared 7 times. Before he joined us, he'd already played for Ireland and had also represented them in rugby. In his younger days, he'd played Gaelic football, hurling, was the Irish 100-yard champion, won three national long jump titles and reached the last eight of the Irish Amateur Golf Championships. In his spare time, he was also a GP in Ryslip. Hard to imagine that versatility ever being repeated. Leeds United champions of Europe. We're going up to Leeds on Sunday. A bit annoying slightly, actually, you know, going up there on Sunday. 
you know, two o'clock kickoff, which means that, you know, by the time you get up there, you probably get an hour in the pub before you have to head down to Ellen Road, you know. Um, but yeah, we're going up to Holbeck as we normally do. There's a few bars all kind of in the Holbeck area, which we'll tuck right into. But um, but Leeds United, um, funny season Leeds have had because, you know, it was kind of one of those scenarios where Leeds, if you looked at them about, you know, before, well, before the World Cup break, and you thought you're kind of sitting there in mid-table. Yeah, maybe you're not doing particularly brilliantly, but you're not, you know, in any danger of, of going down. And still probably they're not in any danger of going down as such. But if you speak to Leeds fans, they're very much not happy with their manager. They're very much not happy with the way they're playing, other than obviously the Cardiff game where they spanked Cardiff out the, out the, out the waters. Um, and they're just generally not happy. And they're a little bit nervous about their situation at the moment. I mean... Laney, what's your thoughts on the Leeds? They're never happy, are they? Oh, <laughs> never happy about anything. And they're doing better under Marsh than they were under Bielsa. They were, they were, they were much lower in the division then. I know there's only a couple of points to separate them from the bottom of the table. So, yeah, um, they they've just not improved from last season, having spent a colossal amount of money. Uh, you know, on on their day, they're still um, a very dangerous, very exciting team. Um, they've got some players that we need to be very concerned about and um, they'll come at you in waves it's a game that we have to manage well um you know it's it's uh they're they're all out attack when when the tails are up and um you know it's it's, it's, a, it's a similar one to the, the villa away to be honest with you you know they're, they're capable of doing to us what villa did to us if, if we don't defend right and we don't we don't start the game right and we don't do xyz right we have to be properly on it um and there's, there's beef between the two clubs um and we we gave them a proper thumping at, at uh yeah, g-tech um if you know the 5-2 game but if we're being honest it was a game that um they were in pretty much till the end and that it was that brilliant tony hattrick the free kick the the lob um um, and it was it was a game that we you know would be a, be a you know stand out when it when it gets to the end of the season we'll look back and that that will be mentioned at the you know in the end of, end of end of campaign podcast for sure so yeah there's there's plenty to be worried about um, but there's also you know they're they're very very flaky at the back and we we'll, you know we we can we can sort of tuck into that you know it's. Uh, it's something something that we're good at a counter attack. It's, it's I'm not putting them in the same bracket as as Man City, but that was a game where we soaked up pressure, um, and we were ruthless on the counter, and that's that's something we have to we have to do. Um, we we will be under pressure for for big big long phases of this game, um, but if we if we can stop them, then there's there's uh, there's points to be had here. Yeah, indeed. So, I mean, listen, as you know, we always like to go over to the opposition fans to see what they've got to say because they know more about their team than we do. So I'll tell you what I did. I've just got over and I've gone to Rafa Vela. And we went to Rafa and I said, Rafa, tell me everything you know about the champions of Europe. And this is what Rafa had to say. Hi, Brentful fans. Rafa here. I am a season ticket holder at Bernabeu Stadium for over 30 years, and I've been supporting Real Madrid all of my life. I'm going to tell you all you need to know about the Champions League and how to win it. Come on, Brentford, a la Madrid. See you soon. No, you, you got it wrong, mate. That, what, what do you mean? Which no, Leeds, Leeds, Champions of Europe. No, 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 you asked me to get a fan from the Champions of Europe. So I spent ages this weekend ringing around Spain, all uh, over the place, you, getting you, someone not, from Real Madrid. You've not done your own work, mate. You, you, you mean? You, you, you're a bit naive, if I'm what honest you with you. What? You, everyone, everyone knows it's Leeds. Leeds are what? what? Champions, Leeds are... champions of Europe. <sighs> you're joking. I thought all the hard work. Can't, can't never joke about these things, Bill. Oh, mate. Okay, listen. Right, okay, tell you something. Sort it out. I'll sort it right out. To tell you something, you're lucky. You're lucky because this is one that I've got. Um, Just pulled it out of the bag, actually. We got Darren. Yeah, just in case. Um, I've got Darren from LS11 Podcast. And uh, he's going to give us the lowdown on the real Champions of Europe. All right, now you're talking. 
It's Darren from LS11, the Leeds United podcast, and uh, you can like, subscribe, and give us a five-star Apple podcast review. Uh, if you so wish, I mean, I'm really not sure why a Brentford fan would want to do that. But then again, I'm not a Leeds fan. I'm a Bournemouth fan. I've just covered Leeds for, God knows, 15, 20 years now uh, on uh, radio and, and such like. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's a good look. It's a fun little pod uh, with me, former Leeds United uh, player Ben Parker and uh, the uh, guitarist from The Pigeon Detectives, Ryan Wilson. Uh, uh, he's no, uh, he, he can't sing, but he can play a guitar pretty damn good. New music from The Pigeon Detectives coming out soon. Uh, so we're all excited about that. Um, so first of all, quick summary about the uh, pre-World Cup season, you want. So, <laughs> um, well, yeah, I, it, it's, not been, it's not been great for, for Leeds, I don't think. There's been some... There's been some cracking games, um, but they've all sort of seemed to have had the same uh, sort of the way they sort of played out. Leeds are very good at giving away goals right at the end of the first half or the beginning of the second half. That seems to have been a thing for them, uh, and that doesn't seem to have stopped between the uh, beginning of the World Cup and going coming back after the World Cup. Um, I, the, I think the, the World Cup came at a good time for Leeds. But then they had such a long wait and the first game back was Man City. It was almost, uh, yeah, sort of almost like a foregone conclusion. It's not been a great uh, time since uh, the World Cup as well. Um, Well, they're currently, what, 17th, something like that, Um, or 17 points. Uh, You know, there's two points between so many teams. I mean, you know, one win in your pulling you, a couple of results you're pulling yourselves out of it but um Leeds have Leeds have got problems I I, I think and uh um yeah it's 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 a difficult one but there's some big teams down there again Everton down there again Southampton Nottingham Forest seem to just be pulling away a little bit and have got that sort of sorted so um, if I was giving it marks out of 10 up to date it's probably going to be a four or five really I don't think you can go really go much more on that um, with regards to the manager, Jesse Marsh, look, it was always going to be difficult coming in after such a iconic character like Marcelo Bielsa. And um, was it right to get rid of Bielsa at the time? For, for me, I don't think it was. I think they should have backed him in that January transfer window and given him to the end of the season. I think it would have been all right, but they didn't. Um, and they chose and went for Jesse Marsh. It was always going to be a. I I think he, you know, you're on a bit of a hiding to nothing really coming in after someone like that. It's almost like when you look at like someone like Manchester United and they get rid of Alex Ferguson. And I'm not comparing like with like, but you you, you know, it's it's almost you're going to have to go two or three managers. Well, Manchester United, four or five managers down the road before you get one that's sort of like sort of fits and, and starts working right. And I think with Leeds, I, I'm not 100% sure. The, the jury is out with Jesse Marsh. I think there's no doubt about that. I've seen stories over the last couple of weeks of, you know, are they going to be, have they got a short list of new managers to come in? Um, but, you know, he, he seemed, I, I quite like Jesse Marsh. I like what he says. And, you know, he's, he's brought in some, some good uh, players certainly during the summer with Aronson, or he's just tailed off a little bit after the World Cup. But Tyler Adams is a is an absolute baller. Um, so he, he's done right. He, look, he talks a good game, does Jesse. Um, and you know, I, th- I think I think you've got to give managers time, whether or not you're a big fan of them or not, and what the results are doing. I, I'm sure at some point it will come to a point when the the, the hierarchy. You know, if results don't go their way over the next sort of like three or four weeks, they they may do something and pull the trigger. But I, you know, you sort of, you look at what Nottingham Forest did, and you know they kept with Steve Cooper after just terrible results, and you know it's just starting to build and build. And I, I think you've you've got to. I mean, fans are are, are sort of split, really. Uh, unsurprisingly, uh, half like Marsh out. Um, uh, other half, let's you know, keep with him. It's um, I, I think you've got you've got to give him time, uh, really. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's a difficult one. Uh, the squad itself, um, look, I think it's a lot better than it was. I think there are only a couple of players out from 
from feeling better. They've lost a couple of key players from last season. Calvin Phillips, obviously, um, but he was injured for quite a lot of last season. Um, would always be a big miss. Rafinha going off to Barcelona. What a, what a player he was. Um, so there is always going to be really big shoes to fill, I think. And uh, But bringing in Tyler Adams, Aronson was a, a fantastic signing. Um, some of the other signings, you know, Christiansen, not so great at the moment. He's, he's just still finding his... His feet, I think. We're, we're quite excited to see what um, the new striker, which is lovely, even after Patrick Bamford has just come back from injury and scored in the loss against Villa. Um, but his injury record over the last 18 months or so has been pretty poor. So they needed to bring in a striker. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Rodrigo has been putting in the goals. Nonto looks a fantastic prospect. He's only 19 and he he looks he is terrifying defenses. He is definitely one to look out for. Um and the new guy Jorginho Rutter, who knows? Uh again he's young. Um he, he could be Victor Orta, the director of football has been pretty good in sort of identifying those sort of players that you know, can sort of like build up to become better players, which was something Bielsa was so good at, getting the best out of the players uh, that he had. Um, yeah, look, look look out for, I mean, Tyler Adams, everybody knows now after the World Cup, but uh, definitely Willie Nonto is, is the guy uh, to look out for. Uh, if, they're, if they're looking to strengthen, then uh, it, defensive, I'm wondering whether Liam Cooper is is nearly done. And then you look at what's sort of like in that defence. Uh, Stroik seems to be pretty good as a central defender. And then it's who's with him. Uh, and at the moment, Leeds are pretty good attacking. But uh, defensively, they're not so great. And um, uh, Diego Llorente is certainly a, a, can be a little bit calamitous. Robin Cock has had his good games. He's had his very, very bad games. Um, so it's 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 a difficult one at the moment, but yeah, defensively, um, they mean, they've brought in a, a left back that can also play central defence in uh, Max Verber. Um, so he looks pretty good. I quite liked the look of him. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he pans out over the next uh, uh, few weeks at all. Um, uh, yeah, it, it, since the World Cup, it's it, it's it's been a, it's been weird, isn't it? Really, I, I, everything's up for grabs. It seems, I think, right at the moment. Certainly, you look at the top of the table and Arsenal. What eight points clear? You know, it's theirs to throw away. But there's a lot of football to be played. I know it's an old cliche, but there is. You still we still got half a season to go. So so much can happen, really. Um, after last season, I think, you know, if you can get up and get a, just string a couple of results together, then I think uh, Leeds fans will be a little bit more happy and feel a little bit more uh, secure, I think. Um, uh, yeah, the last match against Brentford, I think most Leeds fans have sort of like deleted it from their memory, if I'm being honest with you. 5-2. And Brentford were on fire that day. You know, Ivan Tony was was fantastic, I think. Um, it, it just it was one of those days where sort of everything just clicked, I think, for Brentford, and uh, and didn't for Leeds really. And you know you do get games like that, you know. Um, so uh, you know Leeds were fighting for their life down at, at uh, New Griffin Park at the last day of last season and managed to get the result. So um, you know it's 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 an interesting one. It was uh, that last game, I think, yeah, early on in the season. Um, you know, yeah, we'll probably just uh, forget about that. Well, this, well, we'll forget about it until Sunday when Brentford come up to Ellen Road. And well, who knows? I mean, Leeds are coming off the back of a loss against Aston Villa in the league. Um, as I'm recording this, they play Cardiff in the third round replay of the FA Cup. So, you know, who knows? What will happen with that? If they get through that, they're up against Boreham Wood or Accrington Stanley, which, you know, that says a Leeds loss all over it. Um, but Brentford, look, it'll be a, as ever at Ellen Road, the atmosphere will be spectacular. Um, there'll be a lot of noise and um, it should be an absolute cracker. I'm expecting goals. Uh, I'm going to go, as I've said on uh, our opposition view pod with uh, Billy, uh, I'm going to go 12-11 leads, just sneaking it by uh, one goal. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, good luck with the rest of the season after about five o'clock on Sunday. 
So there you go, Darren from the LS11 podcast, giving us the lowdown on Leeds United. Cheers, Darren. I was on his podcast. If you want to go and check it out as well, the LS11 podcast, Leeds United podcast, gives you a preview. Give it on both sides. Um, uh, Laney, mm-hmm. Leeds United. Yes, mate. Sunday. Yes. It could, it, and, and I know this is such a such a cliche, but literally it could go either way. Um, two, two or three weeks ago, I would have gone, oh, I'm quite looking forward to this. But I have to admit, they've um, there's something about this game now. And this is nothing to do with the Brentford Leeds so-called beef or whatever it may be and all the stuff that they did with us and all that kind of stuff. Because it's interesting. They've kind of got a bit quiet on, on that recently because they've obviously got other things they need to focus on. But, you know, they've, they've brought in a few players. I mean, they've got that, what's it, Notto, who they've brought in, who looks lively, to say the least. And uh, and they did score five goals against Cardiff. I mean, they did struggle at the weekend against Cardiff, but then they scored five goals against them at Ellen Road, which obviously is going to get them bumping. And the last thing that you want is for a team to be coming up with, uh, coming up against a team who is uh, got some sort of momentum, got some adrenaline behind them. And that's what they've got, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. As, as, as I said, you know, I'm not... You know, I, I could be as childish as you want about Leeds, and I'm, I'm always happy to, to do that. But um, they, they, we have to acknowledge that they are, you know, a decent, decent attacking team, um, and they do pose us, they do pose us problems. You know, well, you'd hope that we're better than Cardiff, um, and you'd not really want them to, to to come out with their, you know, with a bit of a swagger after that. You know, the midweek game, midweek replay, you would want them to come out of that with few injuries and uh, extra time and all that kind of stuff but um yeah um it, it's it's a it's a game that you know it's 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 going to be a cracker i think it's leads away is probably my least enjoyable uh, away trip of the season I, I i really don't like going there um it's an out of town um experience it's it's not near the, the center the pubs i think uh, the decent ones are quite a walk away um, they're a they're a, they're a weird bunch, and um, it's 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 something I, I I just don't enjoy. Although we've done we've done we've done okay up there, um, so it's not it's not as if we lose every time. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 got the potential of being a, a right end to ender, and I hope hopefully we'll come out of it uh, on the right right end of the of a win. Yes, and I mean end to ender. Let's see what ends that they're Leeds going to be playing in. Uh, they're going to strengths attacking set pieces coming back from losing positions. Uh, talk about Bamford in the ninety third minute last season. No, we won't talk about that, lady, will we? No, no, nope. no, no. And stealing the ball from the opposition is what they're good at. They like attacking down the left. They play with whip and they are aggressive. Where they're weak, keeping possession of the ball, stopping opponents from creating scoring chances creating individual errors, defending counter-attacks, and they're very weak at protecting the lead and also very weak at defending against skillful players. So all of a sudden you sort of think, oh, Sharda, oh, Mbumo, oh, Ivan Tony, oh, well, you know. Uh, exactly, yeah. exactly that, yeah, exactly so. that. We've got all the, we've got all the ammo, um, you know, so, yeah. Just get it on, Bill. Let's get it on. Let's get it on. So, listen, Laney, give us a score prediction for the game against the champions of Europe, please. I am going to go for a 2-2 draw, Mr Grant. Oh, right. And I'm going to go for a 2-0 win to the mighty, mighty bees. like it. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm going for it, mate. Like I said, I've had had a bit of a head cold. I've been all over the place the last week. So, now it's all cleared. You know, I can see clearly now the rain has gone. So, uh, yeah. Clearly now the snot has gone. (laughs) It's not the way I like it at all, Laney. But anyway, listen, this is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and uh, write a review for us, please. And it'll go up on iTunes and we will read it out in uh, weeks to come. Because what we're going to do is we're going to go back to the pub. We were going to go back to the pub for this game, but it was just so bloody cold out there. I didn't want to come out of my house and go down the boozer, but we're going to go down the pub uh, for a game in the in the very near future. Maybe we'll go down the pub for the Arsenal game in a couple of weeks' time, actually. That should be quite a good laugh, actually. Yeah, let's do that, mate. Yeah, yeah let's do that for a start. Don't forget to um, buy us a beer if you, if you go down the pub, besotted.com forward slash beer. And also don't forget um, besotted.com global as well is our social media platform. Uh, what else have we got going on here as well? What we've got is, uh, like I said to you, uh, what, uh, yeah, oh yeah, the man of the match, actually. Um, uh, did, did you know the one the man of the match? Do you, did you know the man of the match at all? Yeah. Um, well, I, I'll give it to, uh, I'll give it to Josh Silva. 
Oh, it's interesting because Jensen won the Besotted Global Man of the Match over Josh De Silva really? and okay. Ethan, yeah, and Ethan Pinnock. Um, it was actually a two-horse race with Jensen and De Silva this week. Uh, like I said to you, thanks for David again for the, the over in Australia or Tasmania, actually, who's been doing the Besotted Global uh, Man of the Match every single week. And at the end of the season, he'll be totting it up and letting us know exactly who is the player of the season. So um, that's about it, really. Uh, I am getting ready. I've got another game. I've got a game on Saturday morning, actually. Uh, I've got a bit of a Panthers match on a to move to 3G because it's so cold out there. All the games are being called off because of the ice and cold. So I'm going to be uh, standing on the cutch line, checking out the goals. Fingers crossed we can get back on track. We've had a couple of dodgy results then. And then I'm going to be getting on the train with my daughter Bella off to Sheffield to go and see the Blades. I haven't seen since the World Cup. And we're going to be doing a bit of a Sheffield night before heading up to Leeds on Sunday morning. I know there's a lot of bees going up to Leeds for Saturday night so go up be safe and enjoy yourselves and I'll sit you on Sunday morning somewhere in um, Holbeck in one of them bars in Holbeck I'll be there for sure so uh, so lady so, uh, so yeah so, safe, safe journey for everyone that's going up so um, yeah let's come back let's come back to London with, with three points tucked nice. into our pockets that's right nice with three points so like I said to you good luck to you all and enjoy yourself we're going to see Leeds we're going to have to Europe you know Champions of Europe. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.